0: welcome to the andrea k show she's blonde five foot two and 102 pounds of dynamite in a dress here she is andrea k because
1: i'm TNT. i'm
2: dynamite.
3: Good evening and welcome to the Andrea Kay Show. Glad to have you all here with me. You might be thinking to yourself, well, that doesn't sound like Andrea Kay." No, because I I think I kind of left my dynamite all over D.C. last week when I was back there. I went back for the Act for America conference and then I stayed for Values Voters. And in between time, I ran all over town doing tourist stuff and doing different media hits and you know I'm a testament to what can happen if you have if you have a rigorous schedule and you run yourself into the ground and you know what you can end up sick you know that's what can happen to human beings right Hillary why couldn't you admit it something wrong that you can't just admit it. Hey, you got a little down, a little down in your back or a little down in your lungs or whatever. So we're going to explore a little bit more about what's going on with Hillary a little bit later on the show with a doctor because I actually brought a medical doctor in. So let's take it a little bit of outside as much as we can theory and get into maybe a little bit of relevant medical fact. So we're going to have Dr. Reza Dinesh, a board certified emergency room doctor who's going to be with us a little bit later on the show. Before that, I've got somebody I've been trying to get on for a while, the one and only Joe Klein, uh, columnist for Time, book author from everything from Primary Colors and and other books. And so he's here to actually, he heaps some praise on Donald Trump recently for his speech that he gave on the military and foreign policy going into the Commander-in-Chief Forum. So I'm interested to hear what he has to say and to talk to him about that. Tonight, Trump is talking about economics. Something that we like to get into here on the Andrew K Show on Tuesdays, and actually he's laying out some interesting tax ideas, getting some criticism from some people on the right in the middle of that. So coming up, we're going to talk to my guy, the OG of taxes. Al Arias is going to be here. We're going to talk to him about that. Today, though—oh, by the way, follow me on Twitter at Andrea K. Show. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. I love, love, love me some Instagram because I get to see everybody's doggy pics over there. No, I'm not on Snapchat yet, Dijon. And thank you for being here, Dijon. Hey. Hey, are you on Snapchat? Are you snapping?
4: I am on Snapchat, although I'm I can't really figure out much of it, and I don't know the point of sending a picture that's going to be deleted in six seconds.
3: Right, and and then it tells people where you are because it's like you know why 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 I want to tell people where I am. You know, really, for what for? Unless they're going to show up with a Cosmo and bring, or bring me a donut. Insta you know? is
4: great though. I Instagram.
3: love Instagram. So follow me all over there everywhere. If you just tuning in, by the way, this is the Andrea K show. I got to give a special shout out here to every, this is my first time in the booth here in a couple of weeks because I was back in DC and I got to thank, give a thank you to everybody here at KCBQ. For making that happen last week and and having me do my first remote show from D.C. And it went off without a hitch. Thank you all here for making that happen. Uh, Today is September 13th. Any any reason why this day is significant? Not really. We could Google, you know, this day in history kind of stuff. All right. Because it's two days after September 11th, right? So, you know, September 11th happens now. And, you know, everybody changes their profile pic and changes their cover pic. And then midnight going into September 12th, everybody now changes it back. Right. I kind of love that the New York Times did. And I learned this on the History Channel that they're the one who came up with the term 9-11. I think it's I think it's wonderful that we've got like a a way that we can instantly rally around what happened that day. But I got to thinking about this. Never forget thing. It's something that I've talked about on the show for a while. Never forget. and, And what does that mean? And, and I'm not really sure what that means to a lot of people. What it seems like it's meaning, and I don't want to ascribe anything to anybody else, but what it seems like kind of collectively is kind of what's happening is that it seems as though it's becoming a one day a year remembrance. And, and don't get me wrong. I think it's incredible that we have these memorial services and we remember the heroes who, who fought to save people and all those who, who loved ones who passed away on that day. But I think it I I think I'm I'm concerned that never forget has become just a catchphrase slogan like the the Coke song. I want to teach the world to sing, you know, when to me, never forget was supposed to be something active. It was supposed to be we're going to take steps to make sure this doesn't happen again kind of thing. Instead, it's becoming almost like a Valentine's Day, and you know what i I, I don't want anybody giving me flowers on Valentine's Day if you're mistreating me the rest of the year. What does that mean for me? we're supposed to be you're supposed to be loving me all year long Don't be coming to me on one day you know what's this one day thing? I think we need to have special things going on on September 11th to remember those fallen and those lost and and pay homage to the heroes of which there were too many to really think about. <clears throat> And, and and pay tribute to every day. But I've been concerned about this never forget because we are we are forgetting as a nation. And I and I did a monologue a while back laying out how we've forgotten. Of course, we've obviously forgotten because when you elect somebody who says I will stand with the Muslims should the political wind shift in an ugly direction, you've kind of forgotten as a nation. And then I got to even thinking, which is my point of today, because I don't want to revisit all that. I, I got to thinking about how can you be. Never say never forget and never Trump at the same time, because while they were all all of this never forget stuff going on, uh we also had a whole lot of never Trump still going on. And I'm thinking, how in the world could you say never forget if you are saying never Trump? Because what you're what you're then saying is you are willing to allow the alternative to take office, who is as bad, if not worse than the last eight years of what we've had. This is a woman whose chief of staff is the Muslim Brotherhood and who's actually already had impact on policy. Because it was after Hillary Clinton went over to the Muslim Sisterhood's Radical School for Girls over in Saudi Arabia that Hillary Clinton came back and wanted an easement of, of visa restrictions on people coming here from Saudi Arabia. And where were all the hijackers from? Saudi Arabia. What were the 28 pages that were hidden from us, from including President Bush? It was about Saudi Arabia. The Rabida Trust, which was a funder of terror, came from who? Huma Abedin's family. This is a woman, Hillary Clinton, who wants to increase the number of refugees coming here by 500%. We're talking about 500,000 coming here. Do the math. If only 20, if only 10% are the very ISIS fighters that, that, and ISIS has already said they're going to send their terrorists through those. And we know of the 1.4 billion Muslims supposedly around the world, at least 10% are radical. They want to take us over through through terrorist means, whether it's through a pressure cooker or whether it's through the sword or like in San Bernardino. That's who she's bringing here. You can't tell me you're going to let her take office and then tell me never forget. Because if there's one thing that we know about Trump, he has not taken $25 million from a government that stones women for being raped and subjects gays to the death penalty. This is a woman who violated the Espionage Act. And in the course of doing so, on another September 11th, ignored security request, left Americans to die and launched a cover-up about it. At Act for America, we were visited by about 15 different Congress people last week, all of whom have legislation before Congress related to national security. One of which is a well-known senator who said, when he was asked why he doesn't support Trump, he said, well, you know, we just need to stand for something. So I got to thinking, what does the Trump candidacy stand for? It stands for national security, and that includes economics. How did he rise to the top? Because the American people heard him when he said he was going to take care of the greatest threat that we face nationally, and that is our borders, whether it's our southern borders in which terrorists, as well as other bad guys are coming through, the bad visa program, the refugees coming here, he was going to stop it. He was also going to take matters to make us economically strong again. This is a candidacy that does stand for something. It absolutely does. And we are not a basket of deplorables for wanting to be kept safe as a nation, economically and otherwise. And you have forgotten, if you are willing to allow Hillary Clinton in any way or another, you have forgotten those people who died on 9-11, and not just the people in the towers, not just the people in the Pentagon, not just the people on the ground in Pennsylvania, not just all the first responders who died trying to save them, but everybody else since then who suffered under terrorist attack under an Obama administration and a Hillary Clinton who are partnering with the very Islamists that are waging war against us. When we have a Fort Hood being characterized as workplace violence, When they immediately come out after a terrorist attack like San Bernardino and like in Boston and say, and like after Benghazi, their first thing that they want to do is tell you, don't you say anything bad about Muslims. When you're willing to support that ideology and that mindset, which is what Hillary Clinton's all about, you have forgotten. Or maybe you remember, but you just don't really care because you've got something else that's more important to you than national security. It's not more important to me. It's the number one issue on the minds of Americans. And and in fact, it's why the Republican Party was given the majority in 2014 and why American people felt completely betrayed and rightfully so afterwards when the Republican Party did nothing to stop Obama's radical agenda. And in fact, they funded it. We're going to take a quick break and we come back. We're going to talk to Joe Klein because he actually he ain't scared, apparently, of Trump getting near the nukes. He actually seems to like Trump's. War plan and military and foreign policy plans. We're going to talk to him. when We come back. This is the Andrea K Show on AM 1170. The Answer.
2: Be sure to follow Andrea K on Twitter at Andrea K Show and follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea K, Kay, spelled K A Y E.
3: Want to start living better, longer? La Vita Compounding Pharmacy can help
2: you're listening to The Andrea K. Show on AM 1170, The Answer.
3: Oh, beautiful. Welcome back to The Andrea K. Show. Ooh, I worked it out in that opening segment, even though I'm still feeling really, really sick. But you know what? I'm going to keep going. I'm going to persevere. I'm going to push through this pneumonia. Right, Dylan?
4: I don't feel
3: no ways tired. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I do. Just got to get a little bit of a laugh in there. Uh, My next guest is someone that you all know and have seen uh, for years now throughout the media. Incredibly well-respected writer and author, uh, Joe Klein, author of Global Deception, the UN Stealth Assault on America's Freedom. Author of Lethal Engagement, Barack Hussein Obama, United Nations and Radical Islam, as well as Primary Colors, you know, uh, columnist for Time. Wrote a great piece uh, this past week in uh, Front Page, and I wanted to bring him on today because, you know, uh, national security and and the war on terror is is kind of the center point for my show. Joe Klein, welcome to The Andrea K Show.
6: Well, thank you. I do have to make one correction, however. Uh What's that? I'm not the Joe Klein who wrote Color Purple or, or I mean The Color Purple? Purple? Purple color or whatever. Oh, prime. Okay. Yeah, the it. other
3: one. Okay, he, good. Sorry about that. I'm a little under the weather, Joe, so I apologize if that he, That's probably on
6: the other He's on the other end of the political spectrum, but I did write Global Deception and Lethal Engagement.
3: Well, but, I'm I'm glad you didn't write the other one actually because it didn't get very good reviews and neither did the movie. Um So um, I did like your piece, though. You are the Joe Klein who wrote that great piece in Front Page Mag, did you not? Uh, Praising Trump and his speech for foreign policy and military. Yes,
6: yes, I am. I write for Front Page and Canada Free Press as their UN correspondent. And I I did write that article.
3: A lot of people might have been surprised that you were heaping praise on him, no?
6: That I was heaping praise on Donald Trump? Yes. Well, I was heaping praise on the speech. Okay. You know, if if he sticks to a disciplined message and lays out his policies in a logical, coherent manner, and obviously this had a lot of input from uh, experts, mm-hmm. uh, then that's what I endorse. I mean, I, I I voted for Ronald Reagan because he believed in peace through strength. Mm-hmm. And previously I had, frankly, voted mostly for Democrats, including Jimmy Carter the first time, which was oh, a mistake.
3: Mm. Well, at but, least you uh, can admit that it was, right?
6: At I least admit, you... I admit it was a mistake, but you know, uh, Carter showed us uh, what happens when you display weakness, mm-hmm. and uh, as he did with Iran, as he did with Russia. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, the economy was a mess, and Ronald Reagan uh, turned the country around uh, with some very specific um, policies, including expansion of the military uh, and, and uh, willingness to withdraw lines with the Soviet Union and even walk away in negotiations, if necessary. And I I see that characteristic in Donald Trump. uh, But my article was essentially to say that his diagnosis of what has gone wrong uh, has actually been backed up, as I mentioned in the article, by Obama's CIA director, John Brennan, Mm
1: -hmm. who,
6: uh, by coincidence, had given an interview just around the same time as uh, Trump's speech uh, on September 7th, Uh, in which Brennan essentially said that uh, he had some real serious doubts about the future of Syria and Iraq. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, uh, of course, Libya was also a mess. All that was done, happened, unraveled on Obama's watch.
3: Absolutely it was. And and I kind of want to go back, though, a little bit to what you're saying. You kind of learned from Jimmy Carter. And learn that, and then also learn from Ronald Reagan, who did the opposite and it was successful. Why is it? Because I, I, I read your article, and, and while I think it was very interesting, and, and I liked he, reading uh, Brennan's comments, actually, to me, it's like some of it's kind of already laid out before us. We d- Didn't doesn't everybody kind of see what happened here? That we had a stable area, and it was intentionally made unstable by Obama and Hillary, who was a part of that, from you know from Libya to Egypt and and all over, and why? Why, didn't, why did they do this? Because why didn't they learn from Jimmy Carter? Why didn't they also learn from Peace Through Strength with Ronald Reagan? Why did they ignore the lessons of the past and turn right around and intentionally take a stable area and make it unstable?
6: Well, I mean, that's, that's the big question. Uh, they didn't learn not only from history, uh, going back to uh, appeasement and Neville Chamberlain, And what happened there when uh, the world, except for Winston Churchill and a few other astute people, uh, just turned their heads as Hitler uh, carried out what he promised he was going to carry out. Mm -hmm. And then we saw it uh, play out during the uh, Carter years leading into uh, then the Reagan years where Reagan proved that a determination of calling the enemy by its real name, having more clarity, and backing it up with a strong military is the only way you can deal with these adversaries. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, the progressives have taken over uh, the Democratic Party, mm-hmm. uh, moved it considerably to the left. Hillary, who is somewhat more hawkish than the progressive wing, still had found herself being carried in that same direction, probably to stave off the uh, challenge from S- Sanders. And much of her base is, is uh, of the inclination that America is the uh, reason for the problems, well, we I, the cause right. of what, what's what gone wrong in the world. And Obama has followed that premise with all his apology tours.
3: Well, yeah, there's definitely, there's, there's a couple of things at play. There's an anti-American bent that's involved there. I look at Hillary and I think there's an old saying, a friend of mine from Tijuana, Mexico, says, and it's not a literal translation. She says, look around at the people you're with, and that would tell you who you are. When Hillary Clinton's number one woman is basically the Muslim Brotherhood, then that tells me that there's more going on here than just be her being dragged to the left. That tells me that she, to me, I see that she and Obama are in partnership, not necessarily for the same reasons, um, but are in partnership With the Islamist for power. And I don't believe that that radical Islam and Sharia is antithetical to Marxism. I think that they're two sides of the same coin. It's about a centralized government having complete power. Uh, over the people. And to me, um, that's why when I hear that Jay J Johnson went to an ISNA conference and as the de- head of the Department of Homeland Security goes to a group of people who were unindicted co-conspirators and says to them, I'm not here to look at you through the lens of national security. Houston, we got a problem.
6: Oh, we have an enormous problem. And uh, the Department of Homeland Security, along with uh other law enforcement agencies, uh, under the direction of, of the Obama White House, have purged all uh, federal materials, law enforcement materials, and this has also trickled down to the state and local level, of any references to what Islam, Islamism is all about, yeah. Jihad, uh, Sharia law. All of that's been purged, and in some cases, in league with members of uh, of organizations affiliated with the Muslim Brotherhood. So it was really no surprise, although extremely saddening, that Johnson uh, decided to uh, give a speech in front of this Muslim Brotherhood affiliated group. Um, and and it, it's just, uh, and, and Obama has, you know, the, the, both Obama and Hillary uh, thought wrongly without reading. Carefully, the history of the Muslim Brotherhood and what their own people had said are their real intent. They thought the Muslim Brotherhood would be a counterweight to Al Qaeda. It's just the difference is really one of tactics. The end goal is just as you outline: mm-hmm. Islamic supremacy and complete control of, of state, uh, religion. Although you thought, know.
3: Right. Excuse me for interrupting, Joe. And we're talking to Joe Klein here, um, amazing book author and writer. Is he really that, is he really that naive and that clueless? I mean, you went to Harvard. I mean, you guys are supposed to be the smartest of the smart. This guy didn't know what the Muslim Brotherhood was all about after they've, I know what they were about. I didn't go to Harvard. I just went to a little LSU. We all know that they said that they want to replace the Constitution with the Koran. There's two types of jihad, one through the sword and one is through Sharia. They don't know that?
6: Well, I, I, I think Obama, didn't know that Hillary. I really think her judgment is so bad in so many ways mm-hmm. exemplified again just over the weekend and the way she's handled this this health issue. Uh, I mean, that's an aside. But if she had come out Friday and admitted that she had pneumonia, she would have gotten a lot of sympathy. And it would have taken the whole focus off of that uh, basket of deplorables. Instead, she just added to the narrative that she's all about covering up and lying. Her judgment is awful. She was the leader of of the initiative to get us into Libya without any plan of what would happen after Gaddafi was deposed. So I just don't think she sees past her nose sometimes. Obama, I, I agree with you, probably knew the history, but may have convinced himself somehow that. They were the Muslim Brotherhood was willing to try the political route, and was the best of, of uh, alternative in terms of giving Islamists some power. Who at least we're not currently proclaiming they were violent, although they really are, I think. Right.
3: Well, I don't think that, I, I think that her thing with the with the lying about pneumonia is because this is a woman who would climb a tree to tell a lie, as we say in the South. You know, this is a woman who's still going around saying no Americans died in Benghazi on September I 11. I mean, are you kidding me? I mean, stop with the lying, okay? And, know, and oh, by the way, one of the things you didn't mention in your article in terms of, of Trump's military and his foreign policy, which to me was key in terms of why he rose to the top, and it was because he was willing to say, until we get a handle on who's coming here, we need to stop bringing Muslims here from from a, a, around the country. He has a majority of support, but it's largely of, of the American people, including Democrats and independents, because it kind of makes common sense. And, and speaking of Carter, Carter was, did that himself. Um, that's partly why she referred to those of us as a basket of deplorables. Do you think we're deplorables? You didn't mention that in his speech. Are we deplorables because we support him in that?
6: Are we deplorables? We are common-sense Americans who want to look out for ourselves, our families, our children, our grandchildren, and the country at large. Uh, and uh, it, it absolutely makes 100 percent sense to say that those countries that are the breeding grounds of terrorism, where we know that jihadists are being inserted into refugee flows and we have no way this is what we've been told by our intelligence services we have no way of knowing because we have no database uh, to detect who these people really are and uh, until we do uh, I think Trump's uh, prescription is is absolutely correct Uh, and uh, at the United Nations, actually, in the next week, and I'll be covering this, uh, they're going to have uh, a couple of big summit meetings, they calling them, on mass migration and refugees. And they're pushing for open borders, essentially. And right. I've, written, I've written articles uh, against that. I mean, you know, we're supposed to open up all our borders. And meanwhile, Saudi Arabia, uh, which, which is sitting on billions and billions and billions of dollars' worth of, of oil assets – uh, doesn't accept anybody uh, from Syria unless they can put them to work in almost slave labor. Uh, so it's, it's, the whole thing is just upside down. And uh, by the way, the amount, number of Christians that are uh, from the from the besieged area in the Middle East, Christians who are being victimized as, by genocide, is minuscule in mm-hmm. terms of, of of who's actually being admitted to this country. They're virtually all Sunni right. Muslims.
3: We've got – We there are billions of people in the world. We cannot afford – we don't have space to bring them on here, all here. We have a right to be smart about who we bring here. We need to bring people here who share our culture and our values. Uh, and right. they – and th- th- those in Muslim cu- cultures do not. They cannot assimilate. They want accommodations. Uh, to their lifestyle and their political ideology, as well as their, as well as their religion, and our constitution does not require. We have a, we, have a does, we do have a constitution that offers freedom of religion here to its citizens. That does not require us to bring in other religions of, from all around the world that don't jive with our values. And so, well, we-
6: that, that, that wants to impose, effectively, establish their own religion as, this, as the supreme religion. Uh, which, of course, violates a cardinal principle in the Constitution.
3: So why doesn't Paul Ryan understand that?
6: I don't know. Uh, I mean, he's he's of the view, I guess, that the Republican Party can only survive if it appears to be more tolerant uh, and open and inclusive. But there are different ways to, to express that. I think that Trump is starting to hit his stride. That's mm-hmm. not to say that he may not put his foot in his mouth again prone to do that mm-hmm. i expect that that might happen but he's starting to hit a stride uh in trying to turn around this perception that people who simply want to live securely have jobs uh welcome people who are willing to be part of what we always call the melting pot country mm-hmm. uh those people are not racist or xenophobic or all the other adjectives that Hillary Clinton was throwing right. around. Right. These people are basically right. just...
3: We're, we're good Americans. Americans. And, right. And, you know, she didn't go and call anybody deplorable when she was giving a speech with with the Muslim sisterhood in a country that stones women for being raped and or has taking the death money. penalty. Or
6: taking money from... Or from taking money from, from Saudi them. Saudi Arabia, Kuwait, UAE, all these countries where gays are killed, women are, are, are either killed or... or uh, treated as third class citizens, sometimes as chattel. Mm-hmm. You have no problems with her foundation taking money from them. All right.
3: The theme of my show tonight is how can you say never never Trump and never forget at the same time? Because to me to say that is to is to support a political movement that seeks to partner, which the left is doing, to seeks to partner with the same people who share the ideology that took down the Twin Towers. Am I wrong?
6: Well, that's right. I mean, I I think that that what the left and the Islamists who don't see eye to eye on, on, at least ostensibly, on a lot of things like gay rights, women's rights, uh, you know, so forth, uh, social justice, but what they have in common is a hatred for this country. Mm -hmm. Uh, Both both, both the uh, far left and and the uh, radical Islamists think that the United States in particular and the West and Israel, the little Satan, mm. uh, are the obstacles to their uh, utopia, to their version of utopia. Mm. And uh, that's what makes them both and their alliance so dangerous.
3: Well, Joe Klein, thank you so much for being here. How, how can people read uh, your articles?
6: Well, I do write for Front Page Magazine, which is online, and Canada Free Press. I'm their UN correspondent. That's online. My book's Global Deception, the U.N. Stealth Assault on America's Freedom and Lethal Engagement, Barack Hussein Obama, the United Nations and Radical Islam, uh, can be obtained uh, through Amazon.com or ordered through your listeners' local bookstore.
3: Awesome. Thanks so much for being here. Stay All righty. Stay tuned because we got more. We're going to be talking about Hillary on the other side of the break. i got a doctor coming up on the show, and I want to get his opinion because there's lots of other doctors coming out there saying she's got Parkinson's disease. What does that even really mean? So, don't go anywhere. We got more of the Andrea K. Show on the other side of the break.
2: Want more Andrea K? Follow her on Twitter at Andrea K. Show and like her Facebook page at Andrea K. Kay, spelled K A Y E. This is Hugh
7: Hewitt for Townhall.com. Whatever happens in these last weeks of the presidential election, one thing is certain. There is a vacant seat on the Supreme Court, and if Hillary Clinton wins the election, she will appoint a so-called living constitution majority maker. Five years ago, Liberal Justice Stephen Breyer told me that his greatest regret is failing to make the Supreme Court the umpire of congressional district line drawing. If a second President Clinton makes the next Supreme Court appointment, or the next two or three, the impact on congressional line drawing will be massive and will arrive by 2022. The GOP can expect rulings from the Supreme Court that will place the party of Lincoln in permanent minority status. Justice Breyer is a brilliant man, and he would reverse his biggest regret. Anticipate rulings on the redistricting plans drawn up in the aftermath of the 2020 census that, magically, always favor Democratic candidates. It is from the redistricting cases that the permanent hard-left lurch of the country will come. I'm Hugh
2: Hewitt. You're listening to the Andrea K Show on AM eleven seventy The Answer.
3: Welcome back to the Andrea K Show. Ooh, little funkadelic there from Dijon, getting me back in the groove because I'm a little under the weather here myself and so we're going to talk about Hillary and people feeling ill in, in just a second with Dr. Resident Ash. But i got to give a little Hollywood update. Usually uh, I have my my girl Della B. give a Hollywood buzz report. She's she's off on vacation this week, so she couldn't uh, call in. But uh, do you, who remembers that documentary that Katie Quirk did about gun control in which we come to find out that there had been some creative editing done, kind of kind of along the lines of what was done to George Zimmerman by NBC back in the day. Uh, We find out today, according to Breitbart, that the gun group who was victimized by Katie Couric and her director through the editing to mislead viewers, uh, they have filed a $12 million lawsuit for defamation. What happened was Katie Couric and her directors, this was that they admitted to this afterwards, they inserted an eight second pause, which was meant to make the Virginian Citizens Defense League look stumped and unable to answer like a basic question. On gun control, I don't know that they've got. I'm not an attorney. I don't know that they've got a leg to stand on on the defamation end because I think clear an intent to make them look bad can be proven, but you also have to be able to prove damages. But at least they will be forced to answer this charge as well as they should. It is time for the media to have a pushback against them when they try to to control the minds and the voters through deceptive means. Our founders, well, I've said this so many times, our founders envisioned a free press. They're part of the critical checks and balance citizen, uh, system for the citizens. They're supposed to be our eyes and ears. While we're out trying to work and make a living, we're supposed to be able to rely on them to do proper, legitimate honest investigations and reporting of our elected officials and groups like this. Shame on Katie Couric and her director. Her lame apology afterwards should not be enough. And we're going to keep our eyes here on the Andrea Kay show. We're going to keep our eyes open for this lawsuit and report to you along the way what happens there. Uh, speaking of the media trying to cover up some truth about what's going on, the media has been in cahoots with the Hillary campaign in terms of trying to hide her health issues that have become incredibly Obvious to anybody. I'm not a doctor. I have played one by the way in my acting days. But um that doesn't qualify me to answer what what's going on with Hillary. Uh so that's why I called doctor Reza Dinesh to be on the show. Hey doctor, welcome to the Andrea K Show. Hello doctor. We got a doctor in the house?
8: Yes, I'm right here. How are you?
3: Oh, good. I'm glad to have you there. I didn't know if maybe you had had a seizure uh, while I was talking.
8: (laughs) Phone phone difficulties over here. But I heard you make that comment about Hillary. I just got to ask you, did you come up with that or is that in the press?
3: Which comment about
8: Hillary? No, somebody said Hillary. Did I hear that Oh,
3: Hillary. Yes, I wish I could take claim for that, but no, I don't know know what media outlet did it, but I thought it was very clever. I wish I had, doctor.
8: Oh, I was like, I don't know if that's kind of mean or kind of funny. I kind of Um, chuckled and laughed at that, but
3: wow. Well, you know what? I don't usually make any kind of fun or mock anybody for health issues. You know, I'm one of these people that don't, I don't believe that a stand-up comic uh, gets to make fun of anybody and everything just because they're behind a microphone at the comedy club. That's kind of not how I roll, but I think... I think that um, you, when you have been a part of obfuscation and deception, I think you kind of lay yourself out there to be on the receiving end of some jeering. For sure. Not necessarily for, sure. for the, the, the illness, but not necessarily for the illness, but for the behavior around the illness, no?
8: Yeah, that's that, that's a tough one to say. And, you know, I've been kind of following the news in the press regarding her recent pneumonia, uh, potentially illness, her sinkable or fainting episodes, dehydration episodes, Um, nobody knows. And it's one of those fine lines. It's like when you're a superstar or someone famous, like I joke around, like when Kobe Bryant hurts his knee, people in the media and press know what's wrong with his knee before he does. And Mm -hmm. once you're that famous and in the front lines, like these people, like your health Privacy laws and protections are just, like, out the door. Like, if we discuss your health Mm -hmm. after I would see you in the emergency room and I'm an emergency room physician, Mm -hmm. I would get in a lot of trouble. But it's just funny that we could potentially talk about the president's uh, Also
3: openly. Well, well, I think that this is this is traditionally what we've done in America, and it's because we know we have found out that past presidents had health, grave health issues, and when the American voter mm-hmm. is having to make a decision that affects every aspect of our lives, because our leaders affect our lives and make decisions, the public's right All to right. know. Tends to usurp their right to privacy. And when you look back, and I don't know if you paid attention to all the health issues that were trumped up by the left for John McCain for no reason other than his age, as well as maybe the fact that the poor guy was beaten half to death as a POW. I think that, you know, we've, we've got a right to, to raise questions, especially when, and let's get into the, to, to the heart of it. When we see someone struggling with what looks to be like seizures, abnormal body movements, she looked. Mm-hmm. Ronald Reagan got shot in the chest and was able, still able to walk into a hospital room, a hospital into his own accord after being shot. She supposedly has pneumonia. and I've had walking pneumonia and been fighting it for years now. She <laughs> was literally on, had to be dragged into a van. When people see this, yeah. I think they've got a right to be concerned. What do you think is going on?
8: You know, I, I, I do think there's something going on. She has two couple couple factors just by eyeballing her and seeing her on TV. You know, she has the age factor. She's over the age of 65. You're more prone to pneumonia. Over about 13 million people get pneumonia nationally. Um, whether you need to be hospitalized for it, there's some criteria as physicians we decide on who is sick enough to stay in the hospital. And one of them is if you need oxygen, are um, you just too short of breath? And ultimately, we tell that person, like if Hillary were my patient and I saw her and I'd be like, look, you're coughing, you're tired. What else is going on in your life? Wow, you're running to be the president of the United States. You must be stressed. I am a huge believer of mind over matter and, and the wellness of the body overall. And I'm like, you probably need a day off. Can I give you a work note or can I keep you in the hospital so you can rest and get some IV antibiotics? Because mm-hmm. pneumonia is curable, it's treatable, mm-hmm. but if you're not taking the time to cure it and heal it, it's it can be it's deadly gonna linger. and it
3: can also yeah, be a so. and it can also be a symptom of greater health issues and by the way we're talking to Dr. Reza Danesh about Hillary and the health issues and I think what it has people concerned about is that there had not been any other uh, other apparent issues I think hearing that she's got pneumonia people would be like what's the big deal with that but but there's a lot of other doctors and you know in a in a And an eyeball test is just as much a part of the physical exam, is it not, as listening to somebody's lungs and and listening to their chest. When you see these seizures. 100%. Yeah. And when she's having seizures, when she's collapsing, and when she can't even remember on Anderson Cooper how many times she faints and how many times. You ask me how many times I've fainted in my life, and I can tell you without hesitation. Oh, gee, I don't know. And then CBS edited out an interview with Bill Clinton, which he referred to her frequently. Uh, fainting that has that and the eyeball and the weird stuff. There's a video going around by a doctor who says that it's all symptoms
8: of Parkinson's. I know I just watched that the other day and it's funny. So these episodes of like uh, fainting or syncope, we say in medicine, usually when you faint, it's like, it's two things that cause it. You're not getting enough blood supply to your brain. So your blood pressure drops and the brain is selfish. It's one of the most important organs in the body. So it goes lay down. And when you lay down what happens, gravity, you're not fighting gravity. Your blood flows back up to your brain and you wake up. That's a classic thing. I'm watching my son play uh, baseball. It's hot at noon. I got lightheaded in the stands and I went down. I don't remember. That's a classic story of a normal uh, fainting episode. Um, in, In her cases, like she's not completely going to the ground, but I agree with you. I've watched some of those videos where she'll kind of phase out. And those are potential Minor seizures, almost called like absence seizures, where you don't get the super confusion afterwards, but you kind of phase out, like you're just in a daydream.
3: And that's supposedly so classic. Really of, that's supposedly classic. Excuse me for interrupting. Of Parkinson's, to where you're walking along one minute, and the next thing you know, you got concrete in your face. As well as some of her freezing, that the, according to that video, some of her freezing that's been done, that, that's happening, right. is also supposedly classic of a, of a medication that's taken right. for Right,
8: and Parkinson's. Parkinson's is getting a lot. Yeah, it's an it, Ldopa drug. And he, Parkinson's has gotten a lot of publicity. First, I think, publicized with Michael J. Fox and then right. Muhammad Ali, and we all unfortunately saw the late stages of it, how debilitating it could be. Um, now, I'm not a neurologist. I'm not an expert on what effects it has on the mind. I've seen people in the emergency room with end-stage Parkinson's where they're not making or unable to communicate to make those decisions. Now, the, the question at hand is, Is she fit for duty? And I don't know. Has there ever been a legislation printed out of what are the physical criteria to be a a, a president of the United States? I think we had one that had polio. We had JFK that had Addison's disease. I mean, you know, they continued and did their job. We haven't had
3: Um, one that had anything related to the brain and brain issues and a neurological issue that could render somebody unable from a brain capacity to perform. And I don't know
8: okay, so if it, let's say,
1: go
8: good. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but like, let's say we found out she had a learning disability growing up. Like, are we allowed to discriminate? I mean, this is not what our country is founded on. Well, I Where think we are. are. I think we're the equal rights. right?
3: Well, I think we're allowed to say, you know what, if, if you've got a physical deformity that doesn't allow you to play in the NFL, there's probably another line of work available to you. I think the American people, you know, I'm not I wasn't meant to be a singer and win American Idol. You know, I think that, you know, our physical, our physical limitations are what they are. Our skills are what they are. And we've got to go with that. Dr. Reza Dinesh, thanks for being here. Appreciate it.
8: Oh, no problem. Thank you for
3: your time. Okay, we're going to take a real quick break. We come back. We're going to talk a little economics, little taxes with my man, the OG hilarious. Don't go anywhere. More. By education. the way,
4: I call Hillary and the health issues as is my new band name.
1: Oh. Yeah. <laughs>
2: You're listening to the Andrea K Show on AM1170 The Answer.
3: Welcome back to the Andrea K Show. Great choice of song that ties into the uh, gun control documentary of Shady Katie Couric. Because who who's like the king of the Second Amendment? Ted Nugent, babies? Um, Before we talk to my man, Al, about tonight Trump's economic speech tonight, in which he laid out some interesting tax ideas, I got to talk about how the day started, which was a continuation of a man, Chaffetz, who is um, up on Capitol Hill. He's uh, the head dude, pretty much, of the House Oversight Committee. He actually subpoenaed in the moment. A dude from the FBI yesterday, because the FBI here, Congress has the has the right for oversight. That's what the legislative body is supposed to be about. And the FBI, you know, the ones that gave Hillary a pass and refused to indict her, even though basically they laid out the entire case that she had violated the Espionage Act and was negligent. They they just decided they were just going to continue to, you know, to push that narrative and justify that false decision by not handing over documents to Congress. And Chaffetz said, consider yourself served. Um, They we're going to keep following that story. Of course, it's got to go to a court uh, to try to force their hand. Today, we had tech people associated with Hillary Clinton in the email come before Congress. They had been subpoenaed. Three out of four showed up. Most of them took, pled the fifth, except this one guy. Cooper, I think his name was. Here's all we need to know about the situation in the FBI. He says... He basically is the one that set up the server. He says he's never had a national security clearance and he had full access to Hillary Clinton's server. There it is. Violation of the Espionage Act in the rest of us. We've got sailors right now. A screenshot. Dudes facing court martial over the Espionage Act because of a screenshot that he sent to somebody in his family. I think that was the same guy who was pulled off of an Afghani guy who was raping a 10 year old. And he's facing court martial. Tell you who else should be, you know, held to account legally for his actions. Hang on, Al. I'm going to get to you in a second. The graft didn't just finish. It, it it just it didn't didn't end when Secretary of State left the Clinton, uh, the Obama administration with the Clinton Foundation. We found out today that the State Department and the Peace Corps funneled nine million dollars to John Kerry's daughter who had some health initiative to see global health people, $9 million given to her organization. Of course, she was collecting a six figure salary to supposedly provide some kind of nursing school business in Malawi, Tanzania, Uganda, and Liberia. Our veterans aren't getting it. They're dying, waiting for healthcare. And we're giving $9 million to secretary of state Kerry's daughter for some janky school in Africa. This is ridiculous. This is graft. Their argument the Saeed group, their argument is, well, you know, uh, all of our funding doesn't come from the U.S. government. So really, you know, the, the taxpayers weren't paying her salary. That's the same argument as Planned Parenthood is saying we're a $3 billion a year organization. Only some of our money comes to the U.S. government. And that's earmarked for something besides abortion. No, if, fa- if federal taxpayer money is going to that organization, then taxpayers are paying her salary. This is graft. It's corruption. We need a special prosecutor to be holding all of these people accountable. While we're also taking care of the economics for the American people. Now, my man, Al, who I'm happy to have with me today, who I can't give a hug to today because I'm sick in the studio.
5: Poor baby.
3: I know. Do you feel sad for me, Al? I do. Well, um, tonight, Trump is giving a speech on taxes. Very simple tax plan. Now, I know that you deal with really big corporations and people with a, with a lot deeper pockets than this is going to affect.
5: No, but, I'm actually a small business guy.
3: All right. Um so do you agree with me that his tax plan that provides um for parents both who work outside the home and inside the home to be able to deduct child care expenses as well as costs associated with elderly dependents, that's a good thing for the American people, is it not?
5: It's a good thing.
3: Yeah. That's it. No excitement.
5: <laughs> uh,
4: End of the show, everybody.
5: Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> Mic well, drop. Did, did you look at how he's going to finance it?
3: Well, I think a, a, a deduction, a tax deduction is financed by just giving the government less money.
5: No, there's six weeks maternally. Well, that's another paid. aspect.
3: That's another aspect. Paid.
5: Yes. Okay. That's paid mm-hmm. through the employer's unemployment insurance.
3: Mm-hmm. Okay,
5: the unemployment in California, unemployment insurance is a major issue. It's going bankrupt, Mm -hmm. has to borrow from the U.S. Treasury Mm -hmm. uh, because the, the the overall cost of the system is too much.
3: That's true. I mean, that is an aspect that I'm not crazy about, because he had said that he was going to put a moratorium on regulations that affect and hurt small business. And I think that that's going to put some hurt. On some people,
5: yeah, uh, I, I think it's counterproductive to his overall uh, approach mm-hmm. uh, because it leads to much more regulation, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, it's just a function of the whole program, the way these things are thought up.
3: Well, I think th- I think that what he's trying to do is, I think he's trying to appeal
5: to women. So I understand what he's trying to do, right? You and I, I think that uh, the approach is counterproductive.
3: You do, but you don't think it will be balanced? He's got a creation of a new dependent care savings account, and as well the, the deduction of child care expenses. The small business owner gets to deduct those, so you don't think there would be balance in terms of the effect?
5: No, I, I don't. I mean, I think their costs are going to go up significantly. Six weeks paid leave, mm-hmm. right, in small business is really a huge cost, mm-hmm. huge cost. And the small business is going to have to pass it on. Mm-hmm. and uh, prices will go up. That's how it works. Mm-hmm. It's elementary.
3: Yes, but there's also <laughs> elementary that if people well, like my... Watson. Yes, but <laughs> but that's not just the only aspect to his plan. A small business owner also gets to to have the cost associated with elderly dependents also be tax deductible. Oh and, my
5: God, tax deductible. Okay, you know, small business taxes? Yeah. Max, 40% federal max okay well it so depends you're still on the size paying. of the small business mm, give me a break no okay. it, you're still paying 60 percent with the school tuition reduction. school
3: tuition would be a qualified expense
5: oh really uh, cool yeah that means the cost goes up it's being funded by unemployment insurance so
3: you don't see that there's any benefit at all to his tax plan here
5: well, I'm, I'm not saying anything like that. I'm talking about these specific points that you had me, had me look at.
3: Okay. Well, and I want so your these... opinion on these. You're you're my tax expert. I want your opinion on these.
5: I, I don't like it. I'm sorry. Okay. No.
3: Al, you're supposed to like it. <laughs> no, you're supposed to be honest with me. That's why I bring you on. I see tax deductions, and I think, you know what? That looks good to me. I see well, deductions yeah, yeah. Tax, for elderly tax, care because I've remember,
5: got... Remember, remember, mm-hmm. you're deducting a cost. So you mitigate the cost mm-hmm. with tax benefits. Mm-hmm. The tax benefits are never a hundred percent. That's true. Unless you give a hundred percent credit. Enough. Right. And we're not getting credits; we're getting deductions. Mm-hmm. So it's a it's a significant cost. Six weeks. If if you're making, um, if you're making twenty thousand dollars a year. Mm-hmm. Right? Nobody
3: in San Diego making that little. But anyway.
5: Of course. Okay, so this thing phases out if you make two hundred and fifty thousand a year. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well two hundred and fifty thousand is a meaningful amount of compensation, right? Mm-hmm. And six weeks of two hundred and fifty thousand is a big number. <laughs> I should have calculated it.
3: Yeah, well, you don't have an HP 12C with you. Who comes in to do a tax segment without his HP 12C?
5: I used to be good at arithmetic, not anymore. I well, need listen, a machine. here's
3: here's where I'm at with it. You know what? I but I,
5: I think if if six weeks was ten thousand mm-hmm. dollars, okay, ten thousand dollars in small business cost, mm-hmm. is a big cost, And six thousand, a new six thousand dollar cost is a big cost. That's Obamacare that everybody's bitching about.
3: Well, I think that when at the Republican National Convention, to me, the weak spot for the convention was when Ivanka came out and laid out some of these Ideas, because I clearly can see that they're using her, and these 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 ideas are a way to to woo women. And if this gets us a Trump presidency over Hillary, I'm okay with that.
5: Well, so am I. I'm
3: okay with that because so you know I, what? Because yeah, unfortunately, to get so many the
5: proposal, all it is is a proposal. Exactly. So the the proposal idea is a great idea when you look at it, not so good. But the proposal mm-hmm. has resonance. It's going to get both.
3: Yeah. And like it or not, this is kind of where we are. When you look at the fact that childcare is such an enormous expense right now in America, and we've got so many women working and we've actually even, I think in the, you know, Great recession recovery. More women found found work afterwards than men. I do think that, you know, and, and we've got women voters voting like they do, which to me is insane. I heard a woman say she can't vote for Trump because he retweeted a picture of Heidi Cruz. And I'm thinking, really, that's how you base your, your voting decisions. Um, Look, I think this,
5: that most of this is hyperbole. Most of it is child care hy- <laughs> is not a greater cost than housing. Give no, it's not. But people break. will
3: tell you that. And it's all a part of creating this. This is it's all about identity politics and pandering to women. And so at the end of the day, I'm not crazy about some of this because I'm a limited government. Stop, regu- stop the regulations on small business kind of gal. But I see the bigger picture here. I got to leave it there with my man, Al Arias from Aviers, because I got to get to the awards for last week's full this week's tool. Um is there any bigger fool than Hillary Clinton for first running as president when she's obviously got s- serious health issues, thinking she could hide it from people, as well as on top of it, at the same week that this is going on, the basket of deplorables comment. Absolutely foolish for her. Talk about bad strategy. She's supposed to be so strategic. Um, in terms of last week's fool, this week's tool, the tool award goes to the NFL. When you can't protest, when when you... Can protest America on 9-11 spitting in the faces of heroes, but you can't wear cleats that have flags on them. You're a tool for the worst kind of politics going on in America right now. Shame on the NFL. I will not do no further NFL segments on the show. I will not watch another NFL game. My hero of the week is a British sniper who took out four ISIS bad guys, terrorists, right before they lit. 12 hostages on fire. That's my hero of the week. Got to leave it there. Thank you all for joining me. Thank you, Al Arias. Thank you, Joe Klein. Thank you, Dr. Reza Dinesh. Thank you, Dylan. Follow me on Twitter at Andrew K. Show. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. Tuesday, 6 p.m. right here on AM
0: 1170 KCBQ.